Praise God. It's good to see you all. Um, today, we're going to leave different from the way that we came in. Um, and uh, I, I felt just I wanted to uh, continue some ideas that we were working on before. I feel that they are important. Uh, I was uh, uh, working on a, a series of messages that I had entitled A Theology of Worship. And I feel just kind of to stay in that neighborhood and see what the Lord does because I think it's more than a, a sermon series or a, a sermon topic. It's, uh, it's really more a lifestyle. It's not something that I feel we need to uh, step over or move away from quickly. I think we need to stay in this neighborhood until it's a culture for all of us. And I feel the Lord pushing me in that direction. So we're going to stay there. There's some things we're going to uh, look at today. And I feel... Uh, did I say that we're going to leave different from the way that we came? Okay, good. It's true. It's true. Let's go to Exodus chapter 8. Just going to say some few things by way of review, and then we'll get into some material for today. Exodus chapter 8 and verse number 1. This is the word that the Lord gave, uh, that Moses told Pharaoh. Then the Lord said to Moses, Go to Pharaoh and say to him, This is what the Lord says let my people go so that they may worship me let my people go so that they may worship worship me and we talked about that it was important for god that they uh, uh, they leave egypt uh, in order that they worship god worship is something that they could not do in egypt uh, because worship is more than singing a song Worship is lifestyle. Worship is system. And, and we worship God not with the song that comes out of our mouth, but the system that we have given ourselves to. And uh, we talked about how it was so, uh, location is so important in, in worship. We have to worship from a certain uh, position. And uh, um, they came out of Egypt and they, 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 they worshiped God away from Egypt. And we talked about the problem with the system of Egypt is that it's a system that was built uh, on a principle of, uh, of one profiting at the expense of another. And as long as that's the case, God is not worshipped in such a system. God's throne is established with justice and righteousness. In God's system, we don't take advantage of one another. Amen, amen. We fight for one another. Uh, we help one another so that we prosper together. And that's the kingdom of God. And that's the fruit of, or that's the final destination of a true worship. Hallelujah. So uh, that is the culture that God is bringing to us. And uh, we, we are working towards that as, as a church. One thing I wanted to uh, bring attention to is the, that the Bible says when they came out of Egypt, the Bible says that they plundered the Egyptians. And the wealth of Egypt, they brought it out with them. And with that wealth, they built the tabernacle of God in the wilderness. The tabernacle, it means dwelling place. Alongside the tabernacle, God gave them the law of Moses, the Ten Commandments, which is summarized in the love of God and the love of neighbor. So the, the, the whole purpose of worship was, was, is not a song, it's a system, and it's a system of loving God and loving the, your neighbor. But it's not accomplished just through loving God and loving neighbor because it, was, it cannot be sourced in us. The worship of God has to be sourced in Him and in His presence. And that's why God gave the tabernacle. They came into 
the, 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 the wilderness with nothing but the wealth of Egypt. But when they came out of Egypt or came out of the wilderness to possess their promised land, they had the tabernacle and they had the law of Moses. And I think the two of them, there's a synergy there. Uh, to keep the law, it will require the presence of God. The tabernacle, the word is translated dwelling place. Hallelujah. And dwelling place is so key to the things of God. Dwelling place is the reason that, that God, uh, that we are actually here and in his, his, his family is so that we can engage him in his presence. Hallelujah. The, 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 the tabernacle was the, the, the place where the, the, the actual Shekinah presence, glory of God dwelt. It was a very beautiful place, but it was a very scary place. It was a very awesome place. And, and, and I wanted, wanted to talk not so much about the system of worship today, but more about the presence of God. Because the presence of God, if we engage properly, it will automatically lead to the worship. All right? If we try to do the worship, uh, we might get it and we might not. But if we focus on His presence... Worship will automatically be part of, of, of that experience. We need the presence of God. I, I, today, I just want you to leave with a hunger and a passion and a realization of how much we need the presence of God. His presence makes all the difference. We can truly worship from the perspective of His presence. Uh, when we enter His presence, things change. First of all, our own attitude change. Our perspective on things change. What was heavy becomes light in the presence of God. What was a burden is lifted in the presence of God. Uh, uh, what seemed impossible becomes very achievable in the presence of God. All right? Things really change and things become... This uh, uh, presence is the, the difference maker. And worship, uh, it becomes so much easier when we do it from the presence of God. Uh, obedience is much easier when it's done from the presence of God. That's what you think, man, I could never do that. When you get in the presence of God, you actually do it without even thinking twice. Are you following what I'm saying? His presence makes all the difference. Forgiveness on your own, it's a mountain that you cannot climb. But when you get in the presence of God, you can't wait to forgive. You cannot wait to love your enemies. Uh, are you following what I'm saying? Obedience, love, Worship is all a product of His presence, and I think that's how God designed it. So we need the presence of God to do this kingdom business. Actually, we need this presence of God for life itself. We can't even breathe <laughs> if it was not for His help. We need God like the air we breathe. We need God. David said, as the deer pants for the water brook, so my soul longs for you. Okay, if you think you are doing fine on your own, it's only a matter of time before you will realize how limited you are, how incapacitated you are, how you need His help. Hallelujah. Amen, amen. And so we need His presence. His presence is everything. His presence is life itself. His presence is the very air we breathe. Hallelujah. So I want us just to take a minute and, and, and just hang out in His presence or tell the story of His presence. Moses said this in Exodus chapter 33. He was talking with, with God. And uh, God said, you know, I'm, I'm tired of these people. I'll send my angel. But from now on, I'm not going to go with you. And Moses said, wait a minute. Verse 15, Exodus chapter 33, verse 15. Then Moses said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. 
How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? Hallelujah. The thing that I liked about this is that Moses, uh, he would not settle for anything but the presence of God. And I think, see, the presence of God is one thing, but the, the value that Moses put on the presence of God, the demand that he placed on the presence of God, the, the, the reliance that he had on the presence of God, he said, don't take us anywhere. He, he knows that, he, he recognized, I think life just taught him that there is a difference when your presence is here and there is a difference when your presence is not here. And he says, I choose your presence. All right? I'm not going anywhere. We are not moving unless you go with us because that's the difference maker. That's the thing that gives us advantage. That's the thing that separates us from all the other people of the world. Hallelujah. And Moses refused. He said, no. I'm not going. If you're not going, I'm not going. But if you're going, I will go all the way. Bitcha, I won't do anything. I won't go anywhere. I won't engage in any activity. If your presence does not go with me. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. We need the Lord. Uh, the, 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 the word that is used for God in the Bible, in the Old Testament, more than all, there's many names for God, but the one that is used most prominently is the Hebrew word Yahweh. Yahweh. And Yahweh literally means Yah means Lord and Way means the existing one. Praise the Lord. The Lord who is existing or the, the, the existing one is also uh, Jehovah. The Lord who is Jehovah or the Lord who is the existing one. But the Hebrew uh, uh, original language, the, the word does not have uh, consonants. It's all vowels. Meaning that when it's pronounced in its original word, it is more like a breathing sound. Like, Yahweh. And it's so powerful because the way God used, the word God used to describe himself is the, it's like, I'm that close. And you need me that bad. Like if you stop breathing, even for a little bit, you look good for about three seconds, but then you start to panic. Something needs to kick in quick because you cannot go. And it's just the same way with God. If you think you're doing fine, and if you think you can make it on your own, you have deceived yourself. You need him like, <laughs> it, it, just like your lungs need the air to breathe. Your spirit, your entire being needs God like the air we breathe. Hallelujah. We cannot make it without his presence. We cannot do anything without him. Hallelujah. Amen, amen. amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You see, the thing that happened, it, it, it's, it's the, the great consequence of sin. When man sinned, when Adam introduced sin into the world, the consequence of that sin was that man was banished from the presence of God. Before, man was close. <laughs> but then God punished, man, man, man punished him and man was kicked out of the garden. All right? So that what the presence of God that he enjoyed at one time, he could enjoy no longer. And life became a matter of death. Instant death kicked in when he was removed from the presence of God. And man has been struggling for breath ever since. But it's interesting because although God kicked man out of the garden, 
he did not take pleasure in kicking man out of the garden his heart was always to be in fellowship with us his heart was always to be close with us and the problem was that god is holy and man is not but man but god wants the unholy man so he created a system by way, by which he could get as close as he could all right without hurting man because god is holy and man is sinful so he designed the tabernacle of moses okay and, and also the temple these were god's designs man did not create the tabernacle god did and the reason god did it is because god wanted to dwell with his people the name tabernacle means dwelling place hallelujah and god wanted to be with the people if we could put that that picture up please in the wilderness god created or commanded moses to build this tabernacle to be the dwelling place and it looked this is a good rendition i like this one because it shows the glory hallelujah okay this was a model of what the tabernacle looked like it was the dwelling place of god okay now as you can see all around it is the camps of israel and this was god's design god wanted to be right in the middle of his people all right but he could not be in the middle of his people in raw form because that would do damage to the people god is holy man is not all right so the tabernacle is actually designed in rooms and chambers there's three rooms and the glory of god rests in the most inner room and god was dwelling in that situation with his people in that room but here's the problem nobody could go in that room i mean god was there but no one could go in because of this sin problem so god created a a, a a a feast day called the day of atonement and on the day of the atonement the priest representing the people would take the blood into the inner inner room inner courts the most holy place with the blood representing himself and the people and he would sprinkle the blood on the mercy seat and then he would come out and everything would be blessed according to the fellowship that the priest had it was so dangerous that uh, uh, if the priest was or if god was not pleased with the sacrifice or if there was something wrong the priest would die instantly because this is a holy place god is so glorious but so dangerous because he's holy and, and so god created so so literally this tabernacle was a room within a room within a room and god dwelt in the room within the room and no one else came in there but that's as close as we can get to the presence of god all right uh, uh, if we could go to the next picture so this is a, a very simple rendition you know uh, like chemistry the chemical formula for the presence of god okay in the middle that's the most holy place that's where the glory dwells in the second ring is what's called the inner court all right and in the third ring that's the outer court so god established his dwelling place with all these rooms and divisions this is what it looked like uh, by way of a chemistry model okay then based on this this is the model of the temple then he put the people around if we could go to the next okay so we have the inner courts in the middle then the uh, or the holy most holy place then the inner courts then we have the outer courts the blue represents the the priests and the levites okay all of the priests they lived around surrounding the glory the presence of god the next ring is all the 12 tribes of israel and the next ring after that eh, represents all nations of the world all the peoples of the world 
All right? So the priest would go into the, once a year would go into the holy, most holy place with the blood to present fellowship offerings and present the sacrifice on behalf of himself and the people. And the people every year, they would wait outside with, with great anticipation because if the priest comes out and he's still alive, that means he's made it. His, his sacrifice has been received and approved by God. And if the priest has been received, that's good news because he represents me. If the priest has been accepted, that means I have been accepted. So if everything is cool on the most holy place, hallelujah. That, that's the good news because that means everything is cool in the inner courts. And if everything is okay in the inner courts, hallelujah. That's good news because that means everything is good in the outer courts. You following what I'm saying? And if everything is good on the outer courts, that means everything is good with the Levites. And if everything is good with the Levites, that means everything is good with the 12 tribes of Israel and the nations and so on. So the, everything is tied to what happens in that most holy place. This is why God always blesses from Zion. He doesn't just bless. He blesses from Zion. He blesses from his holy hill. He blesses from his sanctuary. And that's why it's important for us to bless Israel. Do you remember what Jesus told the Samaritan woman? It's funny. He told the Samaritan woman, you are wrong. You don't worship on this mountain because salvation is from the Jews. I thought that was interesting that Jesus, the Savior, <laughs> he didn't say salvation is from me. And he's the Savior. He said salvation, we bless God's people because that's the pattern that God gave. All right? Even Jesus said this is the pattern. Amen? We bless God's people. But the, the point of this blessing and the point of all of this, 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 this divisions of camps and arrangements, this was all God's design. The reason all of this effort went into this is because God was telling us one thing and one thing only. It was a picture of how much we need the presence of God. And it's a picture of how much God wanted to deliver that presence of God to us. When Jesus died on the cross and when he breathed his last... The Bible says that the, the temple veil, hallelujah, that separated the most holy place from the inner courts, it rent or it tore from top to bottom. Hallelujah. And we have to understand in light of this how significant that means. No one could go in there because God is holy. But because Jesus paid the sacrifice and Jesus' sacrifice was accepted for all of, on all of us, our behalfs, the temple was now open. What was closed is now open. What was inaccessible is now accessible. What we could never approach or touch, God has given full access to all of us free of charge because Jesus paid the price for us. Ephesians 2.13 says that because of the blood of Jesus, we who were once far away have now been brought near. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. That's why Jesus told the disciples... Don't leave Jerusalem, but wait, something is coming. Hallelujah. The temple used to be here, but now you are the temple. And you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And God's Spirit dwells in you. Our strength and advantage of coming together as new covenant believers. If this was an old covenant gathering today, if we were all in the old covenant, I would come and teach you the law and tell you what to do and what not to do. And you would go out with those instructions. But this is not an Old Testament gathering. This is a New Testament gathering. Okay, there's a difference in the quality of blood that separates the two covenants. So the, rule, the game is not about what to do and what not to do. It's not about right and wrong. It's about in and out. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Because now 
the door, see, in and out, eh? in or out is a matter of closed and open. <laughs> if it's closed, we go back to rules, what to do and what not to do. But if the door is open, it's about whether we're coming in or coming out. And today, by force, hallelujah, we're all going to barge our way into the presence of God. Because God has already demonstrated how much of a, a priority his presence was for us. As soon as Jesus gave, breathed his last, the first thing on the to-do list, post-death of Jesus, hallelujah, was to take care of that temple. Open up that thing that was closed, hallelujah. That's the job number one. It tells us that God wanted to be with us as bad as Christ hanging on the tree. That's how the question now becomes, now that it's open, is it in or out for you? You see? It's not even about being saved and going to heaven someday. It's about going into that place now, today. Amen. See, the enemy, I think he, he works overtime to, to distract us. Uh, to distract us so that we are engaged in everything but the presence of God. The Bible tells the story of when Jesus came to the house of Mary and Martha. You remember that story? And the Bible says Mary sat at the feet of Jesus. She enjoyed his presence. But, but the Bible says Martha was distracted. It says Martha was distracted by all the preparations that needed to be made. She ended up being worried and upset about many things. Now, it's interesting because uh, both Mary and Martha were good people. Good Jewish ladies. Come on, somebody. Eh? The, both Mary, they, they, they love Jesus. All right? There's nothing wrong with that. But the difference between the two, what separated the two, was the value that they placed on his presence. For Mary, eh, presence comes before doing the dishes. Presence comes before doing my duty. Presence comes before anything. I just want to be in your presence. Martha saw Jesus and got busy. And what she was doing, mind you, was not bad. It's good to prepare food for Jesus. It's good to make the house ready for Jesus. But it's funny, she was doing good, the good thing with the bad attitude because your good deeds <laughs> have a funny way of messing with your attitude. Attitude is fixed in the presence of God. All right? The, 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 the priority hallelujah, is to get into his presence. The priority is valuing his presence the same way that Moses valued his presence. Moses says, we're not doing anything. Stop everything. Your presence is job number one. Hallelujah. So it's not right or wrong, church. It's in or out. Because in or out determines right or wrong. We, the law and all of its requirements were crucified on the cross with Christ. We are now been liberated to be led by the Spirit. And speaking of the Spirit, Jesus told Nicodemus that you hear the wind blow. Eh? You don't know where it comes from or where it is going. Then it says, so is everyone who is born of the Spirit. Hallelujah. We have been born of the Spirit. We are spirit beings in Christ Jesus. New creations. We are now led by the Spirit and that determines what's right and wrong. Hallelujah. And we have to learn the power of His presence. We have to have appetite for His presence because, because He has already showed His appetite for, to get us in His, His presence. Are, are you following what I'm saying? Yeah, we need the... Ah. 
I remember a teaching Miles Monroe did many, long time ago. It, it, I was reminded of it when I was, I was uh, preparing. When God created the earth, uh, he, 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 the way he described it was there is source and resource. Uh, there's the things that God just created. That's the first level of creation. And then the second level of creation was the stuff that he made out of the stuff that he created. Meaning that God created the heavens and the earth. God created the seas and the dry land. He created that. But then to create the fish, he didn't create the fish. He spoke to the waters that he had created and he made the fish out of the water. Okay? He didn't, he didn't create the trees. He spoke to the earth okay, that he had created and the trees came from the earth. All right? So because trees come from earth and fish come from water... The only way that the fish survives and the tree survives is by staying constantly connected to the source from which it came. Okay? So, so the fish finds its highest purpose before it goes into job applications or whatever they do in the world of fish <laughs> or go to work or go to school. Before anything, job number one is to get in the water. Because if the fish doesn't have water, we're not going to work today. If the fish doesn't get into water, you know, it, it, things start to die immediately when a fish gets out, out of water. The tree starts to die immediately when it leaves. Uh, yeah. So, so it's, it, this, is the, this is how God made us. So when God made man, all right, he did not speak to the waters. He did not speak to the earth. He spoke to himself. And he said, let us... Make man in our own image. That means that if the fish cannot survive without the water and the trees cannot survive without the earth, we cannot survive. We cannot live without the presence of God. We need it on that level. We need him at that level. Life is impossible. Paul put it this way. In him we live and move. And have our being. There is nothing without Him. So before anything else, presence first. Fellowship with Him first. Hallelujah. And, 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 and it's not about right and wrong. It's about in or out. Praise the Lord. So, so today, I just wanted to stir up a, a hunger in here today. Hallelujah. For His presence. Because if we understand His presence, the system of worship will kick in automatically. It's a natural byproduct. We don't have to be instructed what to do. It flows out of that spirit of, of, of worship and or that, that, that his presence. Do you remember when Jesus entered? Zacchaeus was a tax collector. And tax collectors were, 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 were in those days, not today, not today. No, not today. But in those days, tax, the tax business was a dirty business. Not today. Yeah, back then, in those days. <laughs> I'm not saying anything, okay? Uh, and so tax collectors were, were the most despised people because basically it was a, you were a thief. And, G, and, and this was just known by everybody to the point that when Jesus came to, to Zacchaeus' house, everyone started complaining because don't you know, everyone knows who Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus is. But the presence of Jesus came to Zacchaeus' house. Jesus did not tell Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus! I've come to your house to tell you what's right and wrong. Stop stealing. Start giving. He didn't say anything. Just his presence. <laughs> and Zacchaeus, without any instruction, the presence of Jesus 
in his house prompted him to change the program into worship, system of worship. He said, look, Lord, today I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody, I will restore it four times. Why? Because there's something about the presence that brings the worship. You, you, you know... Uh, uh, the early church, the Bible says people gave what they had and it was distributed freely among everybody. There was no needy among them. They had such an amazing program. But if you, and we see this in the book of Acts chapter 2. But if you look, there was no verse, there's no account that says that they set up a committee and they wrote up a, 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 a proposal. <laughs> and, they, and they got approval from the government to register their program of generosity. There was no instructions. But what we do have there is that on the day of Pentecost, eh, all of them were gathered together in one place. And all of a sudden, suddenly there was the sound of the blowing of a mighty rushing wind. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. No instructions, just the presence of God. And the presence of God translated into a worship. Hallelujah. So God is calling us to go into worship. But this is not a meeting. This is not going to be achieved through, through having a, a, a meeting of, 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 of worship instructions. Do this. Do that. It's going to flow out of the presence of God. Because the source of worship is the presence of God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Are, are you following? We, we, are we good? So this is presence of God Sunday today. Today, the doors are open. The, the, the issue has already been established. God wants to get with you. He's already finished. How bad did he want to get with you? Jesus on the cross is how bad he wanted to get with you. The question now is, how bad do you want to get with him? You were born from God. You are of God. Whether you realize it or not, there is a craving and a cry. Hallelujah. In your heart. For the presence of God. And it can only be satisfied by the presence of God. Because that's where we came from. Um, uh, when I was a, a kid, I had a friend. He, and we, we went fishing in America. And we, we would catch fish with the, with the line. You know, it's not like the, with the net that we do here. One fish at a time. Now we catch the fish. And then when we catch a fish, we would put it over here in a small little bucket. And then we would go catch more fish. Fishing. And uh, I remember we did that. We put a fish here. And then while we were fishing over here, we heard a, a sound. What's that? And we turned around. And we saw the fish. It was in this little bucket. And literally, just the, the wisdom of the fish, it literally jumped out of the bucket and was flopping on its way back. To the, to, the, to the lake. All by itself. And I thought that was interesting. I've never seen that before. And then we saw it. And we started running. And I think it saw us. And it also started running. <laughs> because it was just flipping. And, you know, and it has no legs. And we were almost. And it just, just flopped and flopped. And it got into the water. Once it got into the water. It just knew what to do. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and see, the, the thing about the fish is, like, uh, even we're, we're talking with my friend, I have never seen that in my life. The reason is that the fish knows where it came from. 
And the fish will not settle for this little bucket existence. The fish says, this is not home for me. This feels weird for me. This doesn't feel comfortable for me. There is more than this. And so he took initiative and began to, until he got to his home. Hallelujah. And I want you to understand that you were created for the presence of God because you came from the presence of God. And I'm hoping to make somebody feel so uncomfortable in your little, little bowl or your little whatever. You, you know, you need God like the fish needs the water. You need his pre- Your presence of God is not a subject to be taught in a sermon series at church. The presence of God is life itself. We need him like the air we breathe. Everything that falls apart, it comes together in the presence of God. Everything that is broken finds healing in the presence of God. Everything that bothers you and keeps you up at night, in the presence of God, it finds healing is in the presence of God. Peace and peace that passes, understanding, it's in the presence of God. Hallelujah. And Jesus did not die to give us another lecture of what to do and not to do. He died, hallelujah, so that those who were far away can be brought near. So that we could understand his presence. Because even our worship becomes a fragrance of beauty and becomes impactful for others when it's sourced in the presence of God. Don't try to do this on your own. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So I, that's, that's all I, I wanted us to prepare, uh, to prepare us for today. Um, both Mary and Martha were, were saved. They loved Jesus, no question. But the difference between the two was just the value they, they placed on his presence. For Martha, it's nice that Jesus is here, but I'll take it from here. For Mary, she said, we're not going anywhere. I'll sit here. I won't do any cooking. I won't do anything. We'll get to that (laughs) in due time. But job number one is your presence. Hallelujah. Amen.